This Can Do Podcast is brought to you by Blake Albina Thoroughbred Services. Blake Albina is a full-service bloodstock agency and consignment company representing clients at every major horse sale in the country. For more information, call Ron Blake at 859-396-4836 or Hunsley Albina at 859-621-0800. Whether an experienced owner or a newcomer to the game, Blake Albina has the knowledge and experience to help you achieve your goals in the thoroughbred industry. I got the horse right here, the name is Paul Revere, and here's a guy that says if the web is clear, can do. This is Bill Duncliffe. I want to welcome you back to Can Do, the podcast about all things horse racing. Some history, some handicapping, and some humor. The Big Score segment of our podcast is brought to you by your friends at Endeavor Farm on Old Frankfurt Pike in the heart of the bluegrass. Every Big Score has its roots down on the farm. Boarding, breeding, foaling, layup care, and sales prep are all services offered by Terry Nickel and his team at Endeavor. You can reach Terry at 859-509-7035 or email him at terry at endeavorfarmky.com. That's E-N-D-E-A-V-O-R-F-A-R-M-K-Y.com. Thanks again to our friends at Endeavor Farm for sponsoring The Big Score. Well, this is Bill Duncliffe of the Can Do Horse Racing Podcast. I want to welcome you back to another edition of our Big Score. This week, I'm joined by Brian Leckie. I had the good fortune to meet Brian this summer at Saratoga when he was kind enough to hand me a program from Closing Day at Suffolk Downs, which, although it's only about 30 miles down the street from me and it's about 300 miles from Brian, he was able to get there for Closing Day and I was not. But Brian and I, as we talked at Saratoga, it turned out that we shared a similar big score story. And I thought that it would be interesting to hear Brian's perspective on how he came to this, uh, this result. And uh, we can, we can uh, toast each other over the phone here, Brian. All right? For sure. So we're talking about, uh, of course, of the 2014 Kentucky Derby. And uh, topped by two, I like to call them CC horses. The first was the obvious one, California Chrome. But the second one was the... Not so obvious, uh, at least uh, uh, too many. Commanding Curve, written by Sean Bridgmahan for Dallas Stewart. And, and Brian, I know how I ended up coming up with the horse, but I'm curious how, how you did, uh, how you bet it, and uh, did you tell anybody else about the horse, <laughs> et cetera, all that good stuff. Well, that uh, year, or that winter, I should say, I was living in Florida for a contract job, and so I went to Gulfstream uh, quite a few times, and on uh, my last trip to Gulfstream, which was the Florida Derby that year, I was sitting next to this one gentleman and we were, you know, just talking about handicapping and we were betting throughout the day. And, uh, we ended up exchanging numbers and I find that this guy is like totally obsessed with handicapping the Kentucky Derby and figuring out he's like obsessed with hitting that race. So we start really going in depth and I had never gone this in-depth in the handicapping there before we were looking at everything replays you know trainer quotes workouts anything you could think of and uh as say it's about maybe a week week and a half out and i see somebody on twitter uh say something about commanding curve and how he was steadily making up ground in louisiana derby so i got to looking at that and you know watching the replay i 
love that move that he made. You know, he went right in between horses, you know, down the stretch, punched through the hole, and was still making up ground at the end. And I thought, this horse is going to love a mile and a quarter. Plus, the year before, he, you know, just upset the exacto with Golden Soul. And this was end up on the also eligible list. And really what, what sealed it was when um, I saw that uh, Bruno De Julio uh, ended up saying that his you know, final derby work was phenomenal. And I think Mike was like, perform on it. And then once I, I heard that, I'm like, that's it. That's my long shot right there. So that's how I landed on him. Oh, that's really interesting. I, you know, it's interesting, Brian, the replays were what, brought me to the horse as well. And, and I suppose all of us try and, you know, the Derby is the big race we always want to hit. Right. And, uh, I watched, I watched two replays. One was the previous race, which I think was the risen star where he was parked out wide the whole way. And I believe kind of ran into a shuffle at the top of the stretch. And, you know, when I kind of adjusted for that and being parked wide, his, his time and everything looked a lot better than, um, it, it did on paper. But but you're right. In the Louisiana Derby, not only was he flying down the stretch, but early on the stretch, he probably had to shift paths two or three times, I think, um, to to get that lane. I thought, man, if this horse ever gets a clear lane, um, he is going to be flying at the end. And, of course, you know, I think the other thing that made it easy is, um, you know, I, I think you did the same thing I did. When you look at when you looked at the numbers and the pace and everything, California Chrome was a, was a standout that year. Um, so... Yeah, right? I mean, that that was the easy part, was figuring out who the winner was going right, to be. Right, right. You had so right. Many, right. You had so many defections that year, and being at the Florida Derby, and actually I saw Constitution break his maiden uh, on one of my trips to Gulfstream. So I saw his maiden and was there for his Florida Derby, and I just loved how he was coming to that race at the right time, and, I'm, and then when he got injured, I'm like, oh, come on now. And then, of course, <laughs> Opportunity got injured. I'm like, there's nobody left in the race. This is, it was actually a pretty, very weak derby overall in quality, and Chrome was just so much the best of the rest. So he, he ended up being my trifecta key, and, and I don't think I put anybody else on top. Yeah, so. I, I played it the exact same way. I, I did, honestly, I thought that Commanding Curve had a decent chance at, at winning the whole thing, and so I, I played him on top as well, but California. Uh, you were a little more ambitious. I was. <laughs> <laughs> a little more greedy, I think, is the word. <laughs> but, uh, no, California Chrome was, was the other key, and then it was just a matter of, you know, say, picking out, I guess they call them the, the usual suspects, right? Uh, they, you know, there were you couldn't include everybody, so I had to toss some, and I'm sure you did too. But when I saw that Danza and Wicked Strong were running third and fourth, I was like, okay, I'm going to be good. <laughs> you know, I'm going to be good here. Um, so did you tell other people about the horse? Aside just from uh, my friend from Florida, uh, you know, and may, I mean, I wasn't really heavily on Twitter then, at least to, to the point I am now. So I didn't really have many people to tell me. I'm sure I put my thoughts out there, but it wasn't broadcast to, I don't know, 3,000 people <laughs> like it would be. <laughs> today, like it would be today. So, right, right, right. Yeah, so it's not like I would have depressed my odds or anything. <laughs> okay. Well, you, you obviously got on the horse a lot earlier than I did. I, I'll tell you, and I recounted this before in a big score story last season. Um, it was the night before the Derby, and, and I was getting into the serious handicapping now, right? And, you know, by, by the time I get to numbers, post position number 17, I'm, I'm kind of drawn out, right? Um, but I start plugging my numbers in and doing my adjustments and everything, and, you know, I thought, oh, 
holy crap, I think this horse has a chance. And so <laughs> and this is about 1130 at night, right? Probably two or three vodka and tonics into my handicapping. And now for the next two hours, I'm I'm watching these replays over and over again because I, you know how it is. Sometimes you fall in love with a horse and it's for all the wrong reasons. I, I had to make sure to myself that I wasn't making this thing up, that it was real, right? Um, uh, you were obviously, I think you were convinced a lot earlier than that, 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 that he was the right one. Well, my, yeah, nowadays, my friend and I actually, we start handicapping the Derby a couple months early. We go through all the replays and we have our contenders lined out well in advance. So we, we really thoroughly handicapped the Derby, but that was our first year doing it. So this all kind of came about within the last month leading up to it. But yeah, I'd say it was about a week, week and a half out. I let him on the horse. Oh man. I, well, after I found that horse, I couldn't sleep that night. So you must have, <laughs> if I was sure, I would have been sleepless all week, actually. <laughs> but I did not think he was going to win. That, that's the only thing. I mean, I, I did put a saver win bet on just because, you know, it was 37 to 1. Exactly. Yeah, you know, how could he not? But exactly. that, most of my plays were limited to, uh, to second and, and third. And yeah, I, I really, those are my top two choices in order, too, were, were the two CCs. Well, you know, it's interesting, too, that, uh, Golden, like you mentioned earlier, Golden Soul had won the, it had finished second the year before at a big number, and the one fear I had was that people were going to be looking at him and saying, "Oh, he's another Golden Soul," and he was going to go, you know, twenty to one or something like that. But uh, thankfully, oh, not that. you know, <laughs> thankfully not. <laughs> yeah, oh, not twenty to one. Oh my God, that would be awful. <laughs> so how was this? How was your celebration after the race? Well. I mean, I was over with all the degenerates at Laurel Park because I was actually driving back up from Florida, moving back to New Jersey that weekend. So I was actually driving up 95, played the race from Laurel, you know, knew what I was going to do. I played, spread in a few exactas, you know, uh, spread underneath in, in some trifectas. I mean, I didn't just zero in on Commander Kerr, but he was my key long shot in, in all of those bets. Um I had the 50 cent try for 850, and if I had bet back then the way I do now, I would have had that try for at least a dollar or two. But uh, fact, I was still kind of formulating my uh, my betting ways, and I actually uh, had a two dollar exacta, but I have no clue what I did with my ticket. You know, I spread my ticket oh, down, no. took the picture, started bragging, and I started like almost looking at garbage cans wondering where the <laughs> heck could I have had this this ticket which oh, paid no. like hundred eighty nine for a buck, right? Right, right. So right. I'm looking I'm like, I got a ticket sitting right here for four hundred dollars somewhere. Where is it? So I didn't see I never recovered that. So but at least I had, you know, the place bed, I had the trifecta, so it's like all right. Thank God you had at least the other I got tickets. my yeah. right. At least <laughs> I got my grand out of the race. But you know, darn it where's that four hundred that, that actually reminds me of a funny story. This was probably three years ago now in Saratoga. My friends, Jimmy, Matt, and I are out in the, the backyard where we hang out on opening weekend. And I forget which long shot it was and what race, but this big long shot comes in. And there's a guy, you know, standing 15, 20 feet away from us. And he is yelling and screaming. He's, and the race finishes and he's high fiving everyone around him. And we're all looking at him like, uh, like probably like people were looking at me with commanding curve and like you, you know, how did they come up with this horse? Right. And well, they, good luck to him. You know, they are congratulations, whatever. <laughs> Two or three minutes later, I see the guy rooting through garbage cans. And I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> uh, <laughs> well, somewhere out there, I think though, I think the money's gone back to the state at this point, Brian. So, so that's it, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
But I, I couldn't believe it because that, that's the only time. Of course, nowadays you don't have signers as you know often with the, the new rules. But I had never cashed a signer, so to speak, uh, until then. And when that ticket went through, actually, to be honest, I didn't even know who ran third. I'm watching this race out on the apron on the Laurel Big Screen, and you know I see him down the stretch. I'm like, all right, I got Crow. Where's my guy? Where's my guy? I see him coming down the center, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I figured it out. But I had no clue who ran third, so I ran inside to ask all all the other betters. Of course, probably all the losers. I'm like, who ran third? (laughs) And to be honest, I did not have Wicked Strong in third. So, but I know I had Danzica, so I saw Danza there. I'm like, oh, thank God, I finally hit something good. And when that when that red uh, that red light popped up on the uh, on the wagering machine, I'm just, yeah, yeah, that that was great. That's awesome. <laughs> well, I, I think I told you, uh, and I probably related in the my podcast last season too. I was. Uh, I was so hyped up all day. We were having a party at our house, and I was hitting it pretty hard. So I was. I was I was wired by the time the race came out, and I was watching it, you know, in our house, on the on the big screen TV, and coming around the far turn, I saw that little brown West Point cap bobbing up and down, coming up on the outside, and I started to think to myself, "Oh my God, I think he's I think he's gonna do it. I think he's gonna do it." And <laughs> when and, and I'm sure, like you, once they made the turn, it was clear he was gonna run second. I mean, he oh was, yeah, and he was like clear eighth path. eighth maybe at that point, right? Yeah. An amazing feeling. I never get sick of telling that story, so I appreciate Brian the opportunity to tell it again. So Yeah, I wish it would happen again. Uh, let's hope so. Uh, real quick, <laughs> why don't you tell people about the big trip that you have uh, coming up, if you don't mind sharing. Sure. So, uh, yeah, I'm heading over to Europe. Uh, purpose is to go to the Ark. I went to Royal Ascot last year, and when I saw that flights were about $315 round trip from Newark, I asked my uncle, who got me into horse racing when I was a toddler, I said, uh, yeah, you want to go to the Ark? The, the flights are cheap. And uh, I plan on doing some sightseeing and then maybe going to a few tracks. But when he came along, all of a sudden he turned it into this European racetrack bonanza. You know, since he's been to 140 tracks, wow. he wants to go at all the internet. Yeah, he's like all the little rinky-dink tracks, like in the middle of nowhere in Nevada. He's been to all those. So, um, yeah. Before he got married, but <laughs> he's still today. But so then uh, it turned out going to we're going to Shanti on Monday. Actually, right after we get off the plane, we're heading right to Shanti because actually their race has started about 11 a.m. and they got a Group Three, the one that Line of Duty won and route to the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf win last year. Oh, okay. So maybe we'll see that, and then we'll go to Amsterdam for a day, and then we fly to England on Wednesday. We're going to Nottingham, Kempton Park. Uh, Thursday, we're going to Salisbury Racecourse in Stonehenge, and then we're going to Chelmsford City. Friday, we're going to Ascot. Saturday, we're going to Newmarket for the Group 1 Sun Chariot, and then we're heading right to Heathrow after the Sun Chariot. We're leaving Newmarket and flying to Paris, and then the Arcs the next day, and then we're out on Monday. Oh, my. Wow. Wow. Now you, so I cannot wait for this. Uh, now you are going to the real Stonehenge, not the one in Spinal Tap that was twelve inches tall, right? You're going to the, the actual one. real Stonehenge, <laughs> which happens to be only fifteen minutes away from the racetrack. <laughs> perfect, perfect. And uh, I guess I could ask this question: When you went to Royal Ascot, did you wear one of those hats? Or <laughs> no, nope, not Good, in the clean you. enclosure. <laughs> okay. And, and, and with all these pictures of me, people are like, "Where's your top hat?" I'm like. 
I wasn't in the royal enclosure with all the hobnob, you know, hobnobbing with all the rich folks. Oh, like, that's I what it in, is. Okay. All right. Little, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, some heads are made for hats, Brian, and I got to say mine is not one of them. So <laughs> 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 I will never enter the royal enclosure <laughs> unless I'm sweeping up. <laughs> so, well, listen, Brian, this has been great. It's a great story. Uh, you're a great guy, and I wish you nothing but. I hope you get. A, I hope you get a big score over in Europe. And if you do, you got to come back and tell us about that too. All right. Sure, we'll see. All right. Hey, Brian, this has been a lot of fun. And, and uh, I, like I said, I really appreciate you uh, getting me that Suffolk Downs program. It's, it's it's pretty funny that you were able to come that far to get it, and I couldn't get there. <laughs> I only decided, like, that on Thursday morning, I'm sitting at work, and I see the entries, and I, I wasn't planning on going, and I just got this burning thing inside of me. I'm like, I got to go. That's gotta awesome. Got to do it. So. I'm, awesome. I'm so glad. I'm glad you got the program. <laughs> Well, listen, uh, Brian, have a great trip, and we'll uh, we'll connect when you get back, all right? All right. Thanks a lot, Bill. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate it. I obviously enjoyed Brian Leckie's big score story a great deal as it revisited some great memories of my own. Hey, I hope you'll come on and join us and tell us about your big score story someday. What was your big hit? How did you identify it? What did you cash? Where did you go out to eat afterwards? All those things. They make for great stories. We all have them. Please join us on The Big Score as part of the Can Do Horse Racing Podcast and tell us about your big score. In the meantime, thanks, Brian, and thanks for listening.